What do you do when you're a New York boy stuck in the Berkshires in Massachusetts talking sports here on Tuesday? Well, tune in right now as we start another edition of WTBR Sports Talk here on 89.7 WTBR right here in the Berkshires on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Let's go! Come on, hey! Another edition of WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 WTBR. Robbie Zucker with you. 413-445-42, the number to call the dial in and talk sports right here. Talk sports right here, tongue tied. <laughs> this morning, boy, what an effort to get to the radio station. I live about maybe a stone's throw from here, and I'm stuck on the ice. I'm you know teetering and tottering. Finally, one of my maintenance guys was around and shoveled me out there with the ice. And it was just really bad. I'm like, I'm going back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, forget it. You know, the last thing my people build were the pyramids. So I found a guy with a shovel, and he shovels me out. And uh, finally I got here in uh, about uh, 30 seconds, I guess, because I don't live that far from the station. But uh, the roads are fine. It's just uh, my, my parking area was terrible this morning. So I got in this morning. I'm rushing to get everything going. And anyway, so I'm here. But uh, hope everybody had a great weekend. I had a really good weekend. It was just kind of a lazy weekend, you know, staying in and uh, watching the snow fall. But I knew we weren't going to get as much as we normally get because everybody's like crazy. I got to get milk and toilet paper. First of all, I don't even drink milk. <clears throat> yes, I use toilet paper, but I mean, I, you know, everybody was like rushing to get to the store, including myself, you know, at the price chopper, this, you know, the other day at like 830, you know, when the snows, it's like 11 degrees below zero and I'm out there, you know, getting groceries for the day. So, uh, so I, I brunted the cold, but, uh, anyway, I hope everybody had a great weekend. So I guess we're going to talk about wild card, super wild card. They call it super wild card weekend, not just wild card weekend, folks. Six games, it's super duper wild card weekend. I don't know if they had another playoff team. You know, looking at this playoff situation, looking at the added teams, I say to myself, you know, the point of the Eagles and Pittsburgh Steelers actually playing in the playoffs, uh, you know, is like the added teams to me, I, I don't like it. People think the added teams are good. I don't like it. I think it's mediocre. I don't think it's parody. But so last night, of course, uh, the Rams all over the Cardinals last night. You know, look at the Cardinals. They started 10-2 and two and then just went down the, p- 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 <laughs> the proverbial tube here. Um, last night, Kyler Murray, just a horrible game. And, uh, you know, from, from the minute they got the ball, they couldn't move it. It seemed like they were on their one-yard line the whole time. Murray throws the ball instead of taking a safety and just goes, you know, pulls like a Charlie Brown, throws the ball in the air. Next thing you know, you got the shortest, you know, pick six in the history of playoff football. And the Rams were just, you know, they were running away. So final score, 34-11. The Rams move on, and they will play the Bucks. At 3 o'clock on Sunday, yes, I'll get my times right. Last week I said there were three games on Saturday. I'm telling you, half the days I don't remember half the time during all this snow and everything. And then, uh, But, uh, yeah, the, the, the Cardinals were just horrible going down the stretch. They were terrible at home. And without D-Hop, I mean, to me, Kyler Murray's nothing. I mean, without DeAndre Hopkins playing, that team is just nothing. They didn't run the ball well. They didn't do anything well. And uh, for a team that had a lot of talent starting at 7-0 and 10-2, they just went you know, right down the tubes. And I don't really know what the answer is. I don't know if Kyler Murray's a guy who's – you know, going to be a guy to take you to a Super Bowl. I don't really know, but it was his first playoff game, so let's give him a break, all right? Yesterday, too, the Bills uh, destroy. I always say yesterday, right? I meant Sunday. Uh, destroy the Patriots. I have never seen the Patriots play a worse defensive game than they played the other night, and I've never seen such a perfect game from a quarterback as Josh Allen just went absolutely bananas. I mean, they scored seven touchdowns. 
They scored five. He had five touchdown passes, and they routed him 47 to 17, and uh, there was just no answer for the Bills' offense. And you look at the balance of the offense and the defense together. The Bills are a really, you know, they're a balanced team, and they got a chance to do it next week against the Chiefs. And I'll tell you honestly, I mean, that's a, that's a matchup that, you know, to me is so even. I mean, who do you pick in that game, honestly? Do you pick the Bills' defense? I mean, the Bills' defense has been number one this year. So if you go by defense, you say the Bills. If you go by offense, both teams can move the football. You know, they both have outstanding offensive players and obviously two of the best quarterbacks in the league. So who do you pick on that game? So I haven't really made up my mind about that game yet, and I haven't seen the spreads actually for that game yet. So that's a tough game to call. It will be in Kansas City, and that will be the Sunday game. And the Saturday games, you get the Bengals, who come off a really exciting win. Don't ask me why the coach decided to sweep the ball on a third and one at the end of that game. I have no idea. And uh, the Bengals escape for the first time in 31 years. They actually win a playoff game, and they'll play the Titans on Saturday um, in Tennessee. And, you know, Derrick Henry is back. Let's hope he's back full, you know, full Derrick Henry because if he is, the Titans are a really dangerous team uh, in the playoffs. And then, of course, the, uh, the other Saturday game has the 49ers coming off a you know, crazy win against Dallas. And we'll talk about the Cowboys. We'll talk about specifically about plays called, about defense in that game, and about not defense in that game. But uh, they'll take on the Packers in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, who I think it's this year is Aaron Rodgers' year. But then again, we said it was last year as well. But I think that the thing, this matchup is interesting because the 49ers ran the ball beautifully yesterday, absolutely ran the, down Dallas's throats. And I'm tired of hearing about how great Dan Quinn is. Do we have to continue to you know, keep kissing Dan Quinn's butt? Oh, Dan Quinn does a great job with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas won 6-0 in the division against the lousy Washington football team, the lousy and super lousy New York Giants, and the mediocre Philadelphia Eagles, and I think they were 6-5 against everybody else. Losing tough games, close games because of the great coaching of Mike McCarthy, who I think should get fired today, quite frankly. I really do. I mean, 14 penalties they had in that game. 14, but we'll, we'll cover that a little bit after that. And, of course, um, we, also, we also saw you know the, the other game, of course, I was talking about the, the Bengals and the Raiders. But, um, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs just annihilated Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh shouldn't even be in the playoffs. I guess that's Ben Roethlisberger's last game. I would say what a career for Ben Roethlisberger. But don't you think it's about time Big Ben retired? I mean, what does he have to prove? He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, tough as nails. A guy will play under any condition. A guy will play with a broken leg, a warrior. A guy will give you everything he's got out there. So hats off to uh, Ben Roethlisberger and his career. And, uh, you know, he's... He's a guy who, you know, will, will go down as one, I think, one of the toughest and most competitive guys I ever saw on a football field. 413-445-4234 right here on WTBR. Sports Talk, Robbie Zucker at 7 minutes after 10. Not a bad day out. It's, it's sunny. <laughs> it's about 22. So uh, if you're out there uh, and you're r- driving around, drive safe. And uh, make sure if you're out there and you haven't gotten vaccinated, get vaccinated, okay? Because that's a good thing to do. And uh, anyway, so let's concentrate and talk about some of the games yesterday. Yes, you see, I said it again. If you call me up at 413-445-4234, you say, Rob, Rob, it was Sunday, okay? It was Sunday, okay? It was Sunday. All right, so all right, so a couple of games we talk about. All right, the, the Eagles should not have been on the same field. Let's start with that game. The, you know, they shouldn't have been on the same field as Tom Brady, and Brady's just so efficient. It's like he goes back, he takes his two steps, and he throws the ball, and it's always accurate 99% of the time. So the Bucs just, and they didn't even run the ball. I mean, the Bucs just methodically go down the field. They make it look so easy, and they just all over it, all over the Eagles. And, and, and Jalen Hurts was terrible. Jay, I don't, I, you know, Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. Can we, can we establish the fact, like, I would have put Minshew in in the second half because they were getting annihilated. So what was the big deal if they put Minshew in? Would it have been a big deal? It, it couldn't have gotten worse for the Eagles. So anyway, they get routed by the Bucs. And uh, Jalen Hurts just, just just awful, like I said. I mean, they could have put Minshew in the game, who's played well when he's had the opportunity to play. So, And then, of course, the Raiders and the Bengals, tongue-tied, totally tongue-tied. Um, but could it be dry mouth possibly, too? Um, it was like a really strange game between the Raiders and the Bengals the other day because the Bengals had the game basically in their hands, and they decide on a third down and one with the game on the line that they're going to sweep and they, they don't get the one yard. They decide to kick the field goal, and then the Raiders come down. There were some injuries. You know, on the Bengals, they lost, you know, their, their, um, their, their, their end. They lost a linebacker. They lost one of the guys in, in, the, in the back, in the, you know, one of their safeties. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, why not just 
go for it at this point. But they decide to kick the field goal. They go up by 10. And, man, the last play, I thought Carr was going to throw one in the end zone. I really thought the Raiders were going to tie the game because the Raiders have been, like, the comeback kids the last couple of months. They've played, you know, outstanding. And they had a great year despite the fact that they had so many issues between Gruden and between the vehicular problems that they had. So, yeah, it's been it's been a tough year for the Raiders, but they, they had a great year. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Derek Carr. So, 413 445 Four two three four. Looks like we have a call, so let's take our first call of the day. Good morning. You're on WTBR Sports Talk. Who am I speaking with? Hello. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Who's this? Good, thanks. Just want to tell you about the, the, the calls during that Cowboy game. Where was the umpire putting on when he he's, he's half across the field and he puts the ball down? You know. You know. Well, he's supposed to put the ball down, but the, the thing I, you know, with Dak Prescott is that he should have just run and given the ball to to the official. He did. He he gave the ball in the center. So you should know and be prepared enough to know that when you go down the field like that. First of all, I thought the play call was just idiotic, because to me, would you rather have the guy sneaking and going all the way up the field, or would you rather have them, you know, attempt to have maybe three players on that on that situation? I just didn't understand it. So, I just I thought the call was. Uh, yeah. Was, it was, it, on both sides, you know, the umpires was like 15 yards away, you know. I mean, I think Mike McCarthy's a horrible coach. I mean, I felt that way for years. I mean, despite him winning the Super Bowl, I mean, look who's look who was quarterback for crying out loud. I mean, I just think he's a poor game coach. I mean, even but even with the situation where they faked. And, you know, they couldn't get the offense on the field in another delay of game. I mean, that's just inexcusable. I'm sorry. I mean, you, you're, you're a head coach. You think you're a Super Bowl winning coach, which you are. So you should prepare your team better. And look at the penalties yesterday. 14 penalties on the Cowboys. The Cowboys, to me, are another example yeah, of all yeah. talent and no brains. They're, they're another example of all talent and no brains. And they think they're better than they are. They really do. I mean, they really do. They need a guy who's got a Super Bowl ring on their finger to show them the way. That's honestly what they need to me. Now, I'm not talking about a coach. I'm talking about players. I'm talking about guys that play, you know, uh, you know with, the, with, the, with the fire and ferocity that, that you have to play within the playoffs. I thought they were horrendous against the run. I thought San Francisco did a great job. You know, Dan Quinn makes no adjustments. You know, they run, they run the type of, of, of a defense where they have, they have a, a defense that basically goes to the ball. So whatever, so whenever they hike the ball, they go directly to the ball. What Shanahan did yesterday, uh, you know, on Sundays, he just went and misdirected them the whole time, not only in the first half and, you know, in the second quarter, but on the last play, it was a total misdirection. And that was a first down. I mean, that whole sequence where they're, like, sitting there and, you know, measuring, and it took them, like, 10 minutes to replay and measure, and it was just ridiculous. And then the 49ers have a motion problem. I mean, it's just right. amazing. But, but, but the thing about what I'm trying to, my, my point was about the officials, okay, in that Raiders game, okay, the, the Somebody blew the whistle while, the, while, the, while the, the play was going on, you know? I don't know if you watched that. You're talking about the last play with the interception? Yeah. You know, somebody blew the whistle. So who's blowing the whistle? That, yeah, that that's didn't bad, That's a bad officiating right there. Yeah, I, I know. Well, you know, the thing about the Raiders is they had a chance in that game, and unfortunately they just didn't run the ball particularly well in that game. So it forced Derek Carr to throw like 54 times in that game. It was just ridiculous how many times he threw. I mean, there's no balance, you know, right there with the Raiders. I mean, I mean, Carr threw at least, I think it was 54 times yesterday. And, 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 and you know, and even, um, even, um, uh, you know. Yeah, but, but the thing about it is when somebody blows a whistle, you know, people stop, you know, and they think the play's dead, like a false start or, or offside, you know. Yeah, it's I, amazing. Yeah, I didn't... Hey, thanks a lot for your time. You have a good one. Oh, no problem. What's your name? Uh, uh, Tony from Cheshire. Hey, Tony, give me a call anytime you want. If you want to talk a little more about the, about the game, that's fine with me. No problem. It's, it's all, all right, good. All go Giants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a Giant fan, too, I know. Yeah, well, let me ask you something. Who do you think the Giants are going to hire? Uh, get somebody from Baltimore, you know, for a general manager. He's been interviewing, right? right? They've interviewed but a lot get of somebody people. that can actually coach the team. You yeah, know, right? I you was... can, you can, you and I could probably coach the team. <laughs> Be- well, they're certainly better Before than Joe Judge. <laughs> certainly better than Joe Judge can coach this team. I mean, that play. I mean, that that sneak, man. You know, two weeks ago, that sneak. I mean, that was the most amateurish thing I've ever seen. I mean, I don't see peewee teams or, you know, <laughs> that do that in high school teams or grade school teams that play football that way with a lack of aggressiveness. That was. Well, I mean, they're too predictable. You know what I mean? You know yeah, what? They are. They're very, they're very predictable. They are, That's... but you know what? Bill Parcells used to say predictability is okay. He used to go, if you're efficient, and like Lombardi used to say, it's a simple game. You run, you block, you tackle. That's about it, you know? So, but anyway, man, thanks for calling. Call again. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, have a good one. Stay well, all right? All right.
All right, man, that's Tony checking in from Cheshire. It's nice to hear people from the local area. So 413 413 445 It's like I'm, I'm tongue-tied this morning. I'm like, you know, it's like crazy. So, but anyway... Uh, yeah, we were talking about the uh, the Raiders game, and I don't remember specifically at the end of that game when they had a problem with the whistle. I just remember them lining up and Carr throwing, and uh, there being you know uh, time time left on the clock, and just throwing an interception was a good play. And the Bengals finally finally won a playoff game for the first time in 31 years. But going back to the Dallas game, let's take a look at the Dallas game. All right, first of all, when you have that type of type of defense and you don't make any type of adjustments I mean they made no type of adjustments at all with with everything that Dallas did yesterday they ran the ball stupidly they didn't run the ball enough and the 49ers did the right thing they stopped the run only 77 yards for Dallas in that game and you, you look at what San Francisco did they were able to run the ball with Debo Samuel he's made three catches uh they were just Mitchell had 96 yards on the ground Dak was a 69.3 quarterback rating percentage for 254 yards and uh, it just, you know, the pressure was on Dak, and he didn't do it. And he just didn't get it done. I mean, third down efficiency was poor yesterday. Uh, the 49ers had five sacks. Dallas had no sacks. Dallas had 307 yards, and uh, the 49ers had 341 yards. So, I mean, pretty close when it comes to yards and so forth. But Dak Prescott proved to me that he just can't get it done. I mean, so Dallas Cowboy fans, if you're out there, give me a call. What do you think of Dak Prescott? Uh, do you think he's the guy to take you someplace? I mean, the Cowboys, let's be honest. I mean, they beat bad teams this year, and they're highly overrated, in my opinion. And like I said, you know, they talk about Dan Quinn and his defense. This is a man who blew a 28-3 Super Bowl lead with his buddy Shanahan, too, who, by the way, is not as great a coach either. I mean, yesterday, there's eight minutes left in the game, eight minutes plus. You're up by 13 against Dallas. What are you throwing the ball? And then Garoppolo throws an interception, suddenly you get Dallas back in the game. Why are you throwing the football? Your defense is playing great. You're running the ball great, okay? You're running the ball every time. You're getting like five, six yards of carry. You're running them over. And then you have Garoppolo decide to throw, and he throws a pick. Why? I mean, Shannon just never seems to learn this. He didn't learn this in the Super Bowl. He didn't learn this in the Super Bowl where he, where he, he was uh, offensive coordinator with, with Quinn uh, when the Patriots played uh, against it when they were coaches at Atlanta. I mean, when is this guy going to learn? You have the opportunity to run the football, and the clock is your friend. What are you doing? So that made no sense to me yesterday. I have absolutely no clue sometimes what Shanahan is doing. But then Shanahan will call a great play like he called for Debo Samuel, the last play before the measurement. I mean, that was a great call. And again, misdirection used, and Dan Quinn's defense, just you know, they just bite every time. And that's what happens. When you have a fast-flow type of defense, and as soon as they hike the ball, those, those guys are going towards the ball, and the misdirections that they, they, uh, that they uh, designed yesterday were outstanding. So the 49ers move on. And uh, they, will, they will be in Green Bay, and that should be an interesting game because we, we've said all year about Green Bay's defense, okay? All year long, I've said this about Green Bay's defense. You can run on them. And if they can run on them and shorten the game, keep Aaron Rodgers in that offense off the field, and also San Francisco's defense is damn good too. Let's, let's give San Francisco some credit. Their defense is really good. They stopped the team yesterday that scored more points this year than any team in the National Football League. And, you know, seriously, I mean, they're, they're a team – you know, to be reckoned with even going into Green Bay. So to me, they have a good shot, even though I think this might be Aaron Rodgers' year. We said that last year, like I said, when they had the home field and they have the home field again this year. But they're going to have to prove to me that they can stop the run and they can, uh, you know, and, and because to me, you can run on them. And San Francisco's got a great running game. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some NHL, some NBA, a few more things, and uh, we'll take this time out, and then we'll be back uh, with more WTBR Sports Talk. Have you ever dreamed of being a radio DJ, spinning your favorite vinyl, CDs, and MP3s? Have you ever wanted to share conversations with interesting guests with the community? Then the WTBR-FM Programming Committee wants to hear from you. We are now accepting proposals for new programs. For more information, visit WTBRFM.com or call 445-4234. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8. And if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. 
Thanks for listening. Larry Kreptor here from Nothing But Old 45s inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music ever recorded like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Cline, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Every Sunday night at 10 p.m., something strange happens to the airwaves of WTBR-FM. It's called The Mix. It is an experience like no other on this part of the planet. Witness a collection of fresh and classic beats that are guaranteed to make you move. The best part is, it is mixed completely live, uncut, unedited. So, for an exciting end to the weekend, tune your radio to WTBR-FM Sunday nights from 10 to midnight for The Mix. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down? Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Persia County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Underwriters are so important for keeping this station alive. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. I'd like to thank our local businesses for supporting Pittsfield Community Radio and for believing in the mission of the station. When you hear underwriting messages on the air, you know those companies support WTBR-FM. If you're listening now and your business would like to join in and support us, call me today at 445-4234 and get involved or visit us at WTBRFM.com. It will make all the difference. No nonsense, no messing around, just 100% pure rock. Unplug your appliances. We need the power. WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker right here on a Tuesday morning, as we always are right here on 89.7 FM. WTBR 413-445, the number to call here. Talking sports with you, and we're talking NFL football, of course. And uh, we're going to talk about the matchups on Saturday and Sunday. So here's the Saturday games. All right. So Saturday we have the Bengals and we have the Titans, and Saturday we have the 49ers and the Packers. So let's start with the, uh, let's start with the Bengals and the Titans. Obviously, Joe Burrow. How good is this kid? Oh, my God. This kid is so special. Watch him go down the field. And the other day, and the, the Bengals, you know, they have as good an offense as anybody in the NFL. My only problem with them is their defense. And they had some injuries. We'll figure out what's going on injury-wise because I haven't heard the injury report as far as Saturday goes and who's going to be available and who's not available. But I know they lost a few different players. They lost their uh, starting uh, uh, left end, and they lost uh, one of their safeties, I believe, and a linebacker. So, um, so we'll have to see what's going on with their injury situation. But um, – Looking at this game, when I look at the Bengals lineup against the Titans, I think of one thing. I think of Derrick Henry, and I think of the fact that the Titans have a running game that can really overrun the Bengals. So when I look at this game, look, I, I don't love Tannehill. I think he's okay. He's efficient enough. But they're about defense and about running the football. Their defense is okay. It's good. It's good enough to win. They were 12-5 and five this season. So we know they're a good team. We know they're well-coached. Mike Vrabel, one of the only guys to leave Bill Belichick and actually have success in this league. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't want to get into Joe Judge. Thank God he's gone. But anyway, um, about Mike Vrabel's done a great job over the last you know, few years coaching this team. And uh, they're definitely one of the most consistent teams in the NFL and certainly one of the most successful franchises over the last few years. So uh, when you think of Tennessee, you think of running the football, playing defense, and uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. So when I look at this game, I look at the running game, I look at the Bengals' offense. Can the Bengals score some points on Tennessee? Absolutely. Can the Titans score some points on the Bengals? Yes. When I look at the kicking game, both kickers are pretty good, although the Bengals' kicker is he's okay. Uh, the Titans' kicker is pretty good. Um, special teams, both teams have good special teams. Uh, you know, to me, it's going to come down to both quarterbacks. 
do I like Joe, Joe better? Yeah, obviously I do. I like him much better than Tannehill. But there's one factor, and the factor to me is that the Titans are going to possess the ball and keep Joe off the field. So I like the Bengals. Uh, excuse me, I like the Titans' ability to um, to to run the ball and be physical. If Derrick Henry's any part of Derrick Henry, I do like them in this game. It's not going to be a, a runaway or blowout. I think it'll be a close game, and uh, I'll say the Titans will win probably by three or four points. I think it's going to be a real close game. So I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game as people think it might be. Um, so I'm going to say something like uh, Titans 24, uh, Bengals uh, 20. So we'll look at like 24, 20, somewhere in that range, 27, 24, somewhere in that range. I don't think it's going to get higher than that. So but that should be an interesting game. So, And then you get to the other game, which we were talking about prior to the commercials and stuff and uh, all the uh, drop-ins and stuff. So uh, 49ers Packers. This to me is a really interesting game because, like I said before, you look at the Packers and – they're a team that's got a great offense. Obviously, the best quarterback in football, you know, and, and he's been fantastic this year. Definitely, to me, a league MVP, although you can look at a lot of other guys as league MVP. But to me, Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable player to me, uh, not only for his team, but in the league right now this season. And, you know, it's really on his shoulders. I mean, they have a good running game. They have really good receivers, obviously. But the thing is that what I've seen all year from the Packers is that you can run on them. And who better to run on them than the 49ers who showed a tremendous running attack yesterday? Uh, you know, and, and look, there's going to be a time where you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to you know, say, okay, we're going to have to go down the field against a really pretty good, pretty good defense. And I'm just wondering if, if the 49ers can play the way they played yesterday. I just think Dallas is not as good as Green Bay. And they're in Green Bay. Which we all said last year. Well, they're in Green Bay against Tampa. Oh, they'll they'll beat Tampa. There's no way. No, when Tom Brady's playing, yes, there's a way. So, and even Brady didn't play that great last year in uh, Green Bay, but he played well enough to win the game. And then, of course, the controversial decision to kick the field goal and not go for it on fourth down. But you know what? I kept saying Aaron Rodgers should run that ball in the end zone. He had a clear path to the end zone. He decided to to, to throw for some reason to throw in the middle of the field. Uh, and I just didn't understand what the heck he was doing. I mean, he could have run into the end zone, and he decided not to. And obviously, they kicked a field goal, and the rest is history, and they lost last year. But I do think it's their year. Uh, the 49ers have been inconsistent this year, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, what can they possibly do um, to stop the, you know, the Green Bay offense? And to me, to stop the Green Bay offense – um, you know, they just need to run the football, and I think they'll do a really good job. Uh, I, I really think that the 49ers have a chance in this game. Do I think they're going to win the game? No, I think Green Bay will still win. Uh, Crosby's a great field goal kicker. Uh, Robbie Gold has been great. You know, Robbie Gold hasn't missed a field goal for his whole career. You know, we always think of Robbie Gold as this guy that can't kick that far, but he's kicking 50-yard field goals this weekend, and he's been great, and he's never missed a field goal in the playoffs, so he's a clutch kicker. Crosby's had his ups and downs, so, you know, the question is, you know, who do you like as far as the kicking game? You know, Crosby sometimes has been consistent, but then he's been, uh, you know, inconsistent, like, you know, games like the Pittsburgh game, you know, we miss field goals and so forth. And, uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I do like the Packers in this game. I think it'll be a close game again. Uh, I think the 49ers will be able to do some running uh, with, with Debo, and, uh, and I think they'll, 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 you know, they'll win. Uh, I, think the, I think the Packers will still win that game, but it'll be close, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, 28 minutes after 10 right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker keeping you company till 11 o'clock. And uh, give us a call right here, 413-445-4234 is the number to dial. So anyway, uh, you know, checking in with uh, some of the callers uh, the last couple of weeks talking about the Giants. And the Giants obviously have looked at a couple of different um, candidates. Uh, they've looked at the assistant general manager from San Francisco. They've looked at Joe Schoen from, from Buffalo. And a lot of people have been talking on the radio about Depot, you know, the, the offensive coordinator of Buffalo coming to the Giants. And my only feeling is that you're really doing the same thing again. You're hiring another guy that's never been a head coach. The question is, do you want to hire a head coach with experience or do you want to hire a young guy sort of like, you know, Buffalo did and sort of like, you know, the, you know, the Rams did with McVay. So we're just wondering what what the Giants are going to do, but let's let's face it, they have to get it right this time. They have to get it right, and uh, so they've been interviewing you know people like crazy. They haven't interviewed uh, Jim Jim Harbaugh yet, and you know yesterday I'm listening on a radio to a couple of different stations, and people are talking about why didn't the Giants offer it to Bill Belichick, or from the general manager's position, you know, and, and general manager and coach, or just coach or general manager. I mean, 
it's interesting to think about. You know, Belichick is in a situation where, you know, he's got a young quarterback in Mac Jones, and uh, Mac will be back. I mean, Mac had a tough day. Let's be honest, we had two interceptions, but Mac will be back. And um, you know, he's a young guy, and he had he had a good year. He he did, and, and they brought him along well. They did the right thing, but. You know, the thing is, what is Belichick's challenge? I mean, he loves the Giants. He always has. He's, you know, the whole career of him started with the Giants. He was the defensive coordinator, obviously, when they won two Super Bowls and did an amazing job. But the thing is that, you know, it's nice to think about maybe him coming to the Giants, being a general manager, hiring a coach, maybe him coaching himself and then uh, hiring a general manager that he thinks is capable of, uh, you know, of, of selecting talent. And obviously he's going to be part of the selection process when they select uh, in the draft. And this is an important draft. The Giants are picking five and seven. We know they need an edge rusher. We know they need offensive line help. I mean, they need a lot of things. They need to stay healthy, that's for sure. I mean, the injuries were just ridiculous this year. Um, three guys I don't want to see back with the Giants. One is Nate Solder. I don't want to see Evan Ingram back, and I don't want to see Will Hernandez back, but I have a feeling Will Hernandez is going to be back again, another great Gettleman draft pick. So I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do at this point, so we'll see. But uh, keep your eyes open, keep your fingers crossed that the Giants actually decide that they're going to bring in some competent people. So 413-445-4234, number to call right here on WTBR Sports Talk, though. Turn a little bit of hockey and a little bit of basketball. The uh, the Celtics winning against the Pelicans last night, and, and the Knicks just, I mean, the Celtics are like basically at 500 now. And the Knicks, who had won four in a row, lose at home on MLK yesterday. I mean, to Charlotte, who's a pretty decent team. They're not a bad team. They're a few games over. But, I mean, the statistics, I mean, Randall has 18. Barrett has 18. They shot like 40%. They shot like I don't know, 35% from three or not even. And they were horrible at the foul line. I mean, they made 11 foul shots out of 21 opportunities. 11 foul shots. I've never heard of anything like that, making 11 out of 21. Never in my life. I can't figure this team out. One day they win, the next day they're terrible. They gave up 34 points yesterday in the first quarter. Oh, we got a call coming in, so uh, let's go to our phones. Good morning, you're on WTBR Sports Talk. Hello? Hello, is anybody there? Robbie, what's happening, buddy? Ralphie boy, what's going on? How are you, sir? Uh, great to talk to you, as usual. Great to talk to you. But I'll, I'll tell you about the Knicks. They're inconsistent, and these guys don't have the, the basics. You know, that's why their game goes awry sometimes, because they don't have anything to fall back on except that, that three-point jumper that we talk about all the time. That's why the, and the defense is it's, it's, uh, sketchy. I mean, you don't get a... These guys playing hardcore defense each and every night. That's why you have these ups and downs in the season. That's why you have uh, games where they should win handily and they can't do it. How do you like this load management nonsense? When you when players sit, how would you like to go to the garden and pay like two hundred dollars for tickets and realize that the player you came to see is sitting on his tuchus <laughs> without an well, injury? As far as resting players, how ridiculous! I mean, it's that? absurd. They don't do that in the NHL. You know, guys are strapping their shoulders back. I'm thinking of that old Carlin bit. You know, what do you mean I broke my shoulder? Put it back on. Put it together. I got to go out there right now. You know, it's like pretty. They, crazy. they would kill. They would kill to get out there. They just wanted to play. That's. You know, those days, those days are gone. And you know something? It's not fair what we're doing, painting with a broad brush, because a lot of these guys are gamers. They are. They make tons, they make tons of money, but they're, they want to play the game. But you have some of these guys who are very comfortable taking nights off and playing when they, they feel ready to play. It's just unfair to the fans. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, definitely. And I wanted to ask you about this thing. Okay, you got an unvaccinated player in Kyrie Irving, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's playing on the road, and he's not playing at home. But how in the world do you have an unvaccinated player playing, period? In other words, how does the NBA not mandate these vaccinations? I don't get And also in all the sports, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, I don't understand how those types of situations are not mandated. Why are they not mandated to take a shot. I don't get it. I just don't understand. How can the NBA allow a guy like Kyrie Irving to come and play amongst guys who are sweating in the locker room, sweating on the court? I just don't understand it. I'm, I'm com- completely confused. If you, if you have the opportunity to play a game that so many people would love to be in your shoes doing, you have, you have, the, the, um, you, you have the responsibility of getting yourself vaccinated. Otherwise, then you just step away. You say, well, I'm not going to play this season. If he was so strong on his convictions, he would say, you know, you're right, I'm not going to play. And, and because I'd, I'd rather not take this vaccination and, and give up my NBA season because I feel so strongly about 
you know, not taking this vaccination. That's, you know, you, there's consequences for your actions sometimes. I mean, I just don't understand how David Silver could do this. Like, I don't understand even going on the road, even if it's not a, a you know a mandatory thing on the road. The thing is, if you're playing, let's say they're playing in the in, in Milwaukee against the Bucks. I mean, if you're the Bucks, do you want to play against an unvaccinated guy? I just I just don't understand it. Like, where's you know, you know what this brings back Magic Johnson? Yeah, right. right. Exactly. I uh, thought of that immediately. Exactly. Right. Not not, not full blown AIDS. He was what did they call it back then? He was uh, AIDS. What did they call? It? What what is it? Hunt? HIV positive, he right, was. Right. You know, there was a lot of people, a lot of players, I should say, that did not want to play with him. They were deathly afraid to get on the court yeah. with this guy. Should he get cut and bleed and right. you know, the works? But you know, if I'm if I'm in close quarters on NBA floor, I'm the guy's literally breathing down my neck as I'm standing at the foul line. You know, at the, at the you know in the lane there, and I'm doing what what NBA players do. I don't want to play with a guy who's who's carrying it. Right, I, I just don't, don't understand. I don't want to play with a guy like that. I got to look out for my health first. Right, remember when Rudy Gobert when they first started when the, when the COVID situation first happened in the NBA and Gobert was like you know making a, a joke out of it and he ended up mm-hmm. contaminating people and then all of a sudden it just spread and spread and spread. I mean that's that's why I don't understand. That's why I'm saying like how can the NBA how can David Silver allow this? How can you for a, a entire health the inmates risk? Run the, the inmates I run mean, the asylum. The it, NBA players are getting paid astronomical numbers. They sell the game, Robbie. They sell the game by players. They don't say, you know, LeBron. They don't say LeBron James is. I'm just picking him. Team is coming to town. They say LeBron James is coming to town. These NBA players are like gods. They get away with murder, and they're doing just that. And the interesting, really yeah. And the interesting thing is, the game is more popular than ever now. And I just don't know why. It almost seems like this generation of of kids and fans. Don't understand what real basketball used to be about passing and playing defense and playing down the middle. I mean, I watch more guys go right down the middle without defending. It's like you can't foul hard. You can't hand check anymore. They've made it so, like, to the point where you can't even play defense half the time. And it's really boring to me. I, I find it difficult How about to watch. the tennis world with uh, Djokovic uh, refusing to get vaccinated? Yep. And, and actually Australia caved and allowed, allowed him to play in the open there. At first they banned him, now they changed their mind. So he got his way. Yeah, it's amazing. I know he's a great tennis player. Just, but I just, I don't get it. It's, it's really. I mean, you know, we talk about health risks all the time. We talk about protecting ourselves, and yet we let these players that are unvaccinated and let these, you know, athletes just, you know, rop among the tennis courts, the basketball courts, the football fields, hockey. You know, the hockey rinks. There's only four guys that didn't get vaccinated in the NHL. So the NHL seems to be doing this right. You know what I'm saying? The NHL yep. seems to be doing everything right except for you know, all the other sports that do everything wrong, you know? Well, you know, I shy away from mandates when you're talking about just a, a guy or a person, I should say, that just doesn't want to be vaccinated. And they and they agree that they won't um, enter public places. They won't, you know, maybe they're working from home. Whatever the reasons they don't want to be vaxxed, well, that's their prerogative, I assume. But if you're going to go there and endanger other people... The whole situation changes immediately. You know that's that's the thing. You you have to give up something for your convictions. Sometimes it's amazing how this it's amazing how this Omicron thing is spread up here. Uh, it's Ralph. It's amazing. It's I have all my oh my god! I have so many friends. I have so many friends that are sick right now. It's ridiculous. Or, or getting how, over. How many, or getting how many over. people would you say you know that happened? Right now, yes. I mean, two of my well, one of my closest friends, two of my best, you know. Friends had it, have it. One one's getting over it. The other one's having it, but he didn't have severe symptoms. But a lot. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like around here, I just had a friend that died of it because he was too foolish not to take the vaccine, and uh, that was just sad. I mean, it was just really sad. But I mean, was it, was he sick before? No, I mean he was. He didn't have any kind of illness before. No, not that wow. I know. Of, not that I know of. But I mean, he was. He was. Uh, you know, he wasn't in great shape, you know, physically, but I mean, uh, you know, in terms of his... He wasn't, he wasn't immune compromised in any way, right? Yeah, n- not that I know of. It's just that he was too stubborn to take the uh, to take the vaccine. He didn't want to take it. And I, I have other friends, including my brother, who don't want to take the vaccines. And I say, what's going on with this nonsense? You know, it's amazing. And how old was the guy that passed away? He was like a couple, maybe a year or two older than I was. Probably mm. 50, 57, 58. Yeah, just... Young guy. Yeah, young guy. And people just refused to take it. And I don't see the big deal. You know, you have people, you have rural people that don't want to take it. You have inner city people that don't want to take it. And it's, it shouldn't be political. It should be about health, but it's turned into a political uh, situation. I don't want to get Here, too much into it. Here's a little you know, dirty secret that yeah. nobody wants to talk about. The African-American community um, is, is the worst in taking this vaccination because in the past, 
you know, here's what it must go back to. They experimented with African Americans with these uh, experimental vaccines and drugs. Right. So they, you know, it's in their history. So, you know, I have some sympathy, but concer- concerning the, these, these, the people that I'm talking about, but it's really true that they will not. I know, I know so many people that will not take this vaccination. And they are because they just, number one, they're not just stubborn. It's not just the person just saying, I'm not, the government's not going to tell me what to do. There are people that are actually genuinely afraid to take it. I, I believe that. They're afraid because they see that some certain people, a small percentage, have had reactions to it, and they don't want to you live in those shoes, I guess. It's better to have a reaction to it than die from it. You know, that to me yeah. is, it's, you know, like... The one thing that it does do, though, Robbie, it makes, it keeps people above ground. They don't die. That, yeah. You know, it may, it, it's not very effective in you uh, contracting the virus, but if you do get it, even though you're vaccinated, you probably aren't going to die. You're not going to be on a ventilator. Exactly, and I wasn't. Thank God I got vaccinated. But yeah, the uh, the Knicks made a trade. Actually, they got a guy Cam Reddish down from Atlanta, and they finally got rid of Kevin Knox, who was just a horrible, yeah, horrible he pick. Bad. It was terrible. You know, it's like, I mean, <laughs> he was bench warmer. You know, one yeah. one for like the last three or three years. And so, uh, so yeah, they got a young player, but uh, nobody plays defense. That's the problem with with the NBA. But nobody plays. Well, you defense. know, defense. You know, defense doesn't take a night off. If you play defense every night, you, you increase your chances to win the game. Well, that's when they. It's when, it's when they, they're very lax on the defensive end. That's when they, you know, the game goes up and down. How about those? How about those Giants? What do you think of? <laughs> I haven't spoken to you since they fired. Since they fired, oh, since they fired Judge, yeah, I know. Well. Um, I'm glad they fired Judge because the whole idea of looking for a general manager and then going and saying, oh, by the way, he's coaching your team. I don't think that works for me, Ralph. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't It's like, work. what do you mean he's coaching my team? I am I the general manager? Don't I get to choose and select you know, my next my next head coach and my staff? I mean, I couldn't believe it. But, yeah, the Judge situation, I think he brought – you know, it was almost like he was trying to get fired with that whole, you know, 11-minute speech and, you know, that run-on sentence that went on and on and on talking about – not been for those 11 minutes that did him in, he would still be coach, I think. Well, maybe, you know, because he was saying he just did himself. And then, of course, the play calls, you know, on the following Sunday with the, I mean, with the, you know, sneaking the ball on third down and nine from his own, like, four-yard line. That I, mean, was, that was, I don't know was what ridiculous. got into with that. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's funny. Yesterday, I was, ta- you know, I was looking at the games and, uh, and then on Sunday, too. And it's amazing how many blowouts there were. And I realized why, because some of these teams shouldn't even be playoff teams. But it was great watching Dallas lose. Oh, it was great, you know. And everybody's called. <laughs> like, tell me something. Did you sit there for hours on end and just watch these games? Can you do that? Are you able to just sit and watch for hours? Yeah, I, tur- I turned the Ram game off last night. Don't went to sleep because I couldn't stand watching Kyler Murray play from his one-yard line. I mean, it looked like Charlie Brown. It was ridiculous. It's like he got a situation where <laughs> they were going to score a safety, and he just said, oh, I don't want a safety. I'll just flip the ball up. And it was like the shortest Pick six in the history of professional football. <laughs> it just went right into the arms of one of the Rams. He just hopped into the end zone, and that was like 21 nothing. I'm like, that's it. At 28-7. You know, that Cindy, you know that Cindy and I don't have normal TV? I can't even watch a game if I want to. We just, we just have the internet. Do you, oh, I thought maybe you have one of those things like back like uh, with the White Sox. Oh, excuse me, with, with the Black Sox when they had the, you know, and, and years ago in baseball where they just had the little thing where you where you show where it's first base and it's like a ticker. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. But but we we we're not big TV watchers. But recently, I'm we've not. Been, we just we you know we watch a few things. And she and she's right here. She says she says hello and she wishes you well. Thanks, Cindy. You too. I'm glad you're uh, listening because I'm tongue tied this it's, morning. I'll be on the air eight o'clock. Oh yeah, I'm just like anybody, anybody that wants to listen. WPAT. The best way to do it is WPAT Listen Live. And, uh, yeah. And you can listen to me. At so do you, have a, do you have any interviews on, on today coming up? How was yeah, your interview? I have a guy named Rob Word who's um, an absolute – this guy was a, was a host from uh, about 40 years ago. He's been going strong. All the Westerns, um, he's, he's interviewed all the greats from John Wayne to – you know, whoever you want to talk about, it. he's a movie uh, expert. Wow! And he's been—he's sat with all the greats of all time. He has a great YouTube channel himself called Word on Westerns. Interesting. He's a really nice guy. Oh, that he's going to be with me uh, tonight. Oh wow, that and sounds then, like fun. And then uh, I'll have David—I'll have David Patterson on on Friday, former governor. Oh of yeah, New York you were talking about that. That's two. interesting. Yeah, that should be a really. He's really good he, you know, I'll tell you about Patterson. He's—he's he's such a nice guy because. He's like you and me. We, he sees each issue for what they are. He's not a real political 
crazy person. Right. He really just uh, tries to be pretty reasonable about the issue. Practical. Yeah, did you see? Yeah, practicality is the key. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, that's the thing, and that's the problem. It's like years ago, you used to be able to stand with somebody that you disagreed with and had a, had a, had a conversation. Now it's like forget it. It's like it's you know, and it goes to both sides. It's just ridiculous. It's like if, if you're if you're you know to the right, you you only to the right. You don't think to the middle. Nobody thinks to the middle anymore, Ralph. That's the biggest problem. Moderation. No, man. you know, there's no there's no middle ground. No, no, no. I try to find the middle ground on my show. So absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, if, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but I mean, you know, this is not the greatest administration we have right now. <laughs> like just paying three. No, he's, six- an, he's another failure. Even if you voted for him and you were enthusiastic about him, you have to say he's failing. Yeah. It's it's. You know, I mean, if you're honest about it, some people won't admit it. Of course not. The That's the problem. Yeah. Like you know, you know, my- I, I, you know what it is. It's kind of like if they admit it. They'll be they're, they're traitors, but they're not really traitors. They're actually just telling the truth. But you can't tell them that they, they'll go with him no matter what. But then they'll make fools out of the public because the public sees what's going on. The people see what's going on. That he's he's too old for the job. Number one, the guy's the guy's an old seventy nine. You know there are young seventy nine year old people, and there are old, old seventy nine year old people. I'm an old fifty six year old guy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because he's, he's, you know, he's really showing his age. He's not really. Oh, my God, I know. Please. All you have to do is go back to see him, uh, an audio, or I'm sorry, a video of him doing something just 15 years ago as opposed to now. Right. Exactly. I thought I was watching Weekend at Bernie's one time when he was doing a speech, you know. (laughs) It's like the vice president's moving. You know, okay, Miss Harris, where do you want to place the president here? Can we we put him right here? (laughs) He's like, he's got like iron strips like they would have in a bathtub, you know, like strips like you would have to stand on so you can (laughs) basically stand up behind the podium. I got to confess. It's like a chain. Just when about two minutes before I called, did you? Were you able to get some some uh, people in the mix tonight? Yeah, hey, yeah, today? yeah. I got a guy call me from Cheshire, Tony. He was on for like two seconds. I said, "Hey, come on, you want to talk? Let's go. Come on, it's okay. <laughs> Give me a call." You know, I know. Well, it's- I'm trying. To, I'm trying to spread the word. In fact, tonight on the program, I'm going to talk about. Your show for a few minutes at the oh, top gee, of the thanks. show. Oh, gee, thanks. See if I can get some of these New Yorkers to listen to you. There you go. You can tell me all the time I started. Well, it's funny because my, my friend Jim, who I grew up with uh, in, in, in Portchester, Ibrook, you know, and uh, he sent the show out to a friend of his at ESPN Radio, Dan, Dan Schwartzman. So I'm like, what's the story, man? What's the story? What'd he say? What'd he say? You know, and he said, <laughs> he said, oh, I was, was going to have drinks with him. He said, I was going to have drinks with him, but he was afraid of the COVID situation. So, like, so now people don't go out for drinks. They don't get together. Do you know, Ralph, I haven't played a gig with my band and we got a seven piece band a great band we haven't played out live since 2020 that's the last time we played that's the last i've been doing gigs on my own i've been doing my own gigs you know i've been doing like the uh you know just uh you know resort stuff and the nursing home tour you know i mean it's it's rob there's some radio people like ourselves who have not gone back to the studio yet they've been doing their shows from home the entire time yeah exactly there's a lot of guys doing i I know a, a lot of the uh Guys down at the fan in New York and some of the other stations, ESPN, are, are like all separated. They're all doing shows from home and stuff. So I live like a minute from the station, and I couldn't get out this morning. The ice on my tires was rotating, and one of the guys got me out there to push him. So I said, here, get some breakfast and coffee on me. So so there went my breakfast. Well, now, I'm living, now I'm living in New Jersey. It's really a hike. It takes me two solid hours to get to the studio. From where I am right now, door to door, from where I am now to the studio in New York is a two-hour commute. Wow. So, it's a little rough. It's a little yeah, rough. You got to remember two so. hours back. Yeah, well, yeah, especially when you get out and you're like, "Oh man, I got two hours back now." Exactly. Well, it's yeah. like, well, I wanted to come into the city because we wanted to go down and see the Rangers. Speaking of the Rangers, are playing great hockey, but um, and they actually got a couple of days off before they play Toronto on Wednesday. But um, yeah, well, you know, you talk about this for a minute. You know, the Broadway stage, for instance, right? Right. This is this is what keeps New York alive. You know, they live and die by Broadway, the restaurants, oh, yeah. all these things, the museums. People are not going back to Broadway, no matter what, because who wants to sit in an auditorium with a mask on? It's ridiculous. You're supposed to be yucking it up. Maybe it's a comedy. Right. And you can't even express yourself as an audience member. You're sitting there covered up with a mask on. You can't expect a person paying astronomical price. you got to go through the torture of getting there. It's dangerous as hell. New York has gone down crime-wise. It's been horrible. And you got to sit there two, two hours or two and a half hours with a mask on Right next to the person next to you, no wonder they're not getting the crowd. 
yeah, I know. I just have friends of flying back on these long flights, you know, and I'm saying, my God, like my, one of my best friends just flew back from Hawaii a couple weeks ago. And I'm thinking to myself, my goodness gracious, to travel for like 10 to 12 hours with a mask on. I just, I couldn't take, yeah. I can't even walk into the store and put a mask on for, you know, half an hour. It's but so annoying. Why does it seem to be okay with so many people? It doesn't seem to bother. They sit there with that mask, and they, they seem fine. I've seen people drive around with masks in their car. I've seen people on bicycles, people walking outside with masks. Up. I mean, I everybody know. looks like a dental hygienist. It's just insane. I, you know, I'm just ready to Everybody like, just... walking around like Dr. Kildare. Right. They, like, no, I'm thinking at the store when I go to the store. I almost think like Rod Serling is going to come out of the corner and go, picture a man wearing a mask in the produce section. His next stop, the Twilight Zone. <laughs> da, 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 da. I mean, it's just insane. I'm like losing my mind, you know. know. So it's just, I, I, I it's so draconian. I said to somebody, what's next? That's I have, to put, a, word for I have to put a star in my jacket when I walk around. Honestly, I was like getting really crazy, you know. I'm just, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's very, it's very Orwellian, draconian, I guess you can call it that. But uh, yeah, it's amazing. Well, you hear what Fauci, Fauci's latest. Oh, he yeah. said that we're never going to get rid of the coronavirus. So don't uh, delude yourself in thinking we're going to get rid of this thing. You're going to always have to get a booster every year, just like you do for the flu. Right. Although some people don't do that, but many I do. do. I get a flu shot. And when, it's not going to just go away like smallpox went away, like polio went away. It's not. It's not in the same order as those two. We're going to have to deal with this forever. That's, as long as long as, right. as long as Fauci's making money and the coronavirus is around, he won't, right. So he can make well, some money. About Fauci, had it not been for this virus, would you know who Dr. Fauci was? No, of course not. Absolutely not. Unless he had his own program on TV, you know. Unless <laughs> <laughs> he was a celebrity on ER or something, I have no idea. You know, it's like, and he it's, comes on with his Brooklyn accent. It's funny. Know. Uh, you know, yeah, you no. can't go out there, and uh, you know, he's talking like that. But he's a very he's a very learned guy and everything. Yeah. But you know he makes his money. You know for him to remain prominent, the virus has to remain out there. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know, it's like cancer research. It's like you want to rid of, rid yourself of it. If if they can't, if they got rid of cancer completely, well, these people would be out of work for crying out that's loud. That's right. So it's, that's, yeah, that's, it's, a, that's a little dirty secret that nobody wants to talk about either. Oh, I know. I've, I've been, you know, it's funny. My doctor called yesterday. I didn't, even, I didn't even answer the phone. I got a call back. It's like, I'm so tired. I've seen more doctors, honestly, in the last two years than I've seen probably in the last 25 years. I mean, every day it's something different. This Did medicine, you get some that's, good news on, on your major problem? I, I didn't know. I didn't go yet. Probably next month because it's like I gotta, I'm got. i still researching. I'm still trying to figure out okay. different ways. But, but yeah, it was a weird week and everything like that. But, yeah, I'll be fine. I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, it's it's. Okay. It's, it's a pain in the tuchus, but I'll be okay. Pain <laughs> <laughs> the tuchus, literally. Yeah, literally. Anyway, brother, yeah, man, I'll tune in tonight at 8 o'clock, right? Okay, I, pre- I appreciate that. I'll yeah, talk bro. to you soon. I'll Absolutely. listen to the rest of the show. Yeah, I'm going to go over the Sunday games, and it should be fun. So, anyway, but, uh, yeah, all right, it should Finn, be all right. Finn, again, Cindy's listening to you, too. you got a female Oh, she's the only here. one, thank God. <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you. All right, man, love you. Talk to Bye. you later. Have a good show tonight. All right, break a leg. All right, you got it. Okay, bye-bye. All right, Ralph Romeo checking in with us here at WTBR Sports Talk. We'll take a little time out. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of the NHL and uh, address the uh, Sunday games. And uh, that should be some fun games. And uh, uh, so we'll be back uh, right after this. You guys rock. WTBR. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. When Taconic High School was demolished, we could have lost this radio station. Instead, PCTV stepped in built a new studio and transmitter, and gave the station new life. And now it's time to pay that back. Support this station today. Go to WTBRFM.com and click the Donate button. You won't be sorry. Pittsfield Community Radio thanks you for your support. Wheeling the Pathways of Life is a snapshot of the day-to-day experiences of disabled individuals as they navigate the world around us. We wish to shed light on and open your eyes to a new perspective of people with disabilities. Listen to Wheeling the Pathways of Life every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. on WTBR 89.7 FM with a live simulcast on Access Pittsfield, cable channel 1301. Larry Kretka here from Nothing But Old 45s inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music I've ever recorded like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Cline, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Sweet Country. 
Just what you want, right? Hey, that's what happens when you produce your own show right here at 1054. Robbie Zucker with you on WTBR Sports Talk. As usual, right here at 89.7. Lots of great program here, by the way. One of my favorite shows that I listen to almost every day when I come home uh, after I leave here is uh, Beatles Forever. So if you are there at 4 o'clock by your radio, if you're in your car, if you're standing outside and freezing, thawing out your car, whatever you're doing, man, tune in to Beatles Forever at 4 o'clock right here on uh, 89.7 FM WTBR. There's a lot of good shows. The Sweet Country Music Show. Um, another guy I listen to, Phil Tierney, on Saturday nights when I come home. Phil's on uh, Berkshire Jazz. And then uh, Mike Pezzo, my old friend, uh, does Mike's Amazing Music. I believe that's Thursday afternoon. So uh, tune into some of the great program right here on 89.7 FM WTBR. Robbie Zucker with you for about five more minutes, wrapping up stuff and uh, talking about some of the games on Sunday. Yeah, we'll uh, concentrate, I guess, on the, on the, on the other games. So we got, we got the Bills and the Chiefs. It's a tough game to pick. You know, it's a tough game to pick. Um, man, I, I just think that the Bills' defense is going to show up. I like the Bills' defense. I just think that they can do a good job against the Kansas City offense. So I'm going on a limb, picking the Bills. I'm picking them by about maybe three or four points. It'll be a close game. Uh, the Chiefs are working on all cylinders right now. And why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting an, a, a, an interview for a job? Why isn't this guy? Well, we all know why he's not getting an interview for a job. But I want to. I want to go into that that type of uh, you know politics and so forth about that. But I mean, the guy is proven himself to be an outstanding offensive coordinator. I know they got great talent. I know they have Kelsey, and I know they have Tyreek, and, you know, obviously, you know, Mahomes is fantastic, but, you know, that guy deserves an opportunity to coach in the National Football League, and I hope he does get some interviews and does get a head coaching position. So, and then um, the other Sunday game, we got the Rams and the Bucks. This should be an interesting game. You know, Matt Stafford, you know, is finally, you know, doing it in the, uh, in the, in the postseason. He gets his win there last night. And I feel good for him. I really do. All the years he really had a trouble in, in Detroit with a lousy team. So he finally has a good team around him. And it's really about them staying healthy. And to me, this is about them running the football. Because Lee Everett ran the football yesterday. did a great job. Okay, So, so the Bucks front seven, running the football. The one team that can run the football, I believe, can win. Now Brady, you know, he's great on play action. He's great at short passes. And the Rams' defense has been good, you know, up and down, I would say, through the year. The thing is that with the Bucs is they're such an efficient offensive team. Brady is so good. He throws those short passes. They methodically go down the field. You know, this is a really close game, too. I, you know, I'm looking at this game, and I'm like, both defenses are good. The front seven are good on both teams. Uh, the secondary is not great. I, I feel at Tampa, I think the, the Rams have a better secondary. You know, honestly, to me, this is coming down to, to play action and running the football. Whoever runs the football better. I just like the way the Bucks are playing at home. So I'm going to take the Bucks, and I'm going to say they're going to win by maybe a f- touchdown to field goal, maybe maybe five or six points. So I, I think that the Rams will will prevail. Well, um, the Bucks will prevail. And again, you'll see a rematch with the Bucks playing um, up in Green Bay. And I think this time, this time, I think Aaron Rodgers will get it done. In the AFC, I think the Titans will get it done uh, against the Bengals, and I think you see the Titans playing in the AFC Championship against the Bills. And, uh, man, the Bills will be on the road again. But uh, I thought the Titans last week, I said, would go to the Super Bowl. But I love the way the Bills are playing. I love the way Josh Allen's playing. And I'm going to take the Bills in that game. So here's my Super Bowl pick, which I should have picked last week. But I had to see what was going on first. So anyway, but I like the um, the Bills. I like the Bills to play the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl, and I think it'll be a great game. Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. You can't get any better than that. And uh, let's hope so. Let's hope that that's the matchup because I think that would be a great matchup. I don't want to see Kansas City back. I want to see somebody new. I'm tired of Mahomes. I'm tired of watching Andy Reid on the sideline. So, but uh, anyway, folks, uh, going to wrap some things up. Anyway, I was just going to say the uh, Bruins are playing so much better right now. Winners of, uh, what's it, four in a row. And, and the, the Rangers come off a road trip playing really well. 
uh, three to two the other night against Philly, and now Tuka Rask is back. They signed him for a year with the Bruins, and the Bruins getting some contributions from a lot of different people right now. And you see Smith and Hall and the, and the depth and Charlie Coyle. They're really starting to do some good things now. So the Bruins on a roll of twenty one eleven. The Rangers in first place, just amazingly. So uh, it should be fun in the next couple of months to see what happens in the NHL and the All Star Game coming pretty soon as well. So anyway, it's about time to wrap things up. I want to thank everybody for turning in, and uh, we'll see you.